Hello everyone and welcome back to Strain at the Leash. I'm your host, Gurneesh Singh, and today we're going to be talking about expectations and fears. So let's be real here. Our expectations can take a considerable amount of time to navigate because we have a lot of questions to ask ourselves. How much do we expect from others? And how strongly do we react to an expectation not being met? With what intention do we approach a conversation when our expectations are not being met? How much do we expect from ourselves? Is this influenced by others or are we self-influenced? Are we leading happy lives with our expectations? Do we feel stuck with the pressure of other people's expectations on us? And lastly, do we let societal norms affect how we choose to live? Regardless of these answers, it's important to understand that in order to enhance our relationships for a common goal or for some sort of harmony, we create expectations that are usually very clearly communicated. For example, if you get married and practice monogamy, you'd have that conversation with your spouse that you'd expect them not to cheat emotionally or physically. Now, if they do cheat on you, it's absolutely healthy to feel anger, you know, frustrated, irritated, or you know, wanting to burn all of their belongings. Uh, okay, maybe not the last one. Um, but your emotions are completely normal given the expectations you've created. Because on the flip side, your expectations and vows to each other bond you in a unique, special way where you can feel a strong sense of harmony, connection, intimacy, and love that can't really be experienced with anyone else. Even in business, having expectations communicated and executed in a disciplined manner literally creates an entire system where the success of the business relies on those expectations being fulfilled. And if they aren't, then there can be some dire consequences for the business. And now let's not forget about social ideologies. Through social ideologies, we've constructed some pretty interesting expectations. Okay, get educated and get a job in your 20s. Get married in your 30. Or get married before you're 30. Have a house in your 30s. Get kids soon after that. Get enlightened in your 50s. Retire with a nice pension in your 60s. And then die in your 70s or 80s in your sleep without any medical complications. Sounds pretty good, eh? Like, pretty good. (laughs) Unfortunately, these expectations are seldom fulfilled, and even if they are fulfilled, they don't guarantee any happiness in return. At some age, you'll realize that society owes you nothing for conforming to it, and that self-fulfillment really is an inside job. Similarly, when we react to everyday life situations, we're either happy or sad based on the carefully constructed expectations we've placed in our life. When it comes to expectations with your friends and family, it can be a little difficult to navigate because we operate in such a way where we fantasize and expect more than we actually communicate. Clear and effective communication is rare (laughs) or i'd say seldom with these kind of relationships because we appreciate the like informalness of the relationship we we really do appreciate that the relationship is so informal and these 
expectations are ever revolving, changing, and in my opinion, they're communicated substantially less than, you know, like a business relationship or a marriage that we talked about. One really common expectation we can have is we expect people who are close to us to understand us immediately and take on our perspective. If they don't, some people can be pretty quick to doubt the integrity of the relationship because it doesn't fit within their ideal system. And depending on how good your friend is, there's a spectrum of where they'll either agree with you to avoid the pressure associated with disagreeing, or they'll provide constructive criticism regardless of how you feel. I know we say we want the second person. (laughs) I know we say we want the constructive criticism. But in times where our emotions are heightened or something substantial happens, we lean on our friends to provide the response we've kind of predetermined to validate us. This can be a very detrimental expectation because there's no space for growth in such consistently stable environments. Whatever the case may be, expectations are mostly just assumptions that something will happen or hope that things will work out as you fantasize. What this does is remove the responsibility and accountability on you to introspect, dig deep, communicate your needs, and find sustainable solutions, which is created through the following. Number one, meditation. And meditation allows you to know yourself and what expectations you hold, as well as your traumas and how you respond to them emotionally. Number two, we have humility. And that's to accept your flaws and be humble enough to be vulnerable with the people that mean something to you and to receive constructive criticism because we are all a work in progress. Number three, there's goal setting. Both parties being committed enough to set SMART goals, which are, you know, S stands for something specific or significant. M stands for measurable or meaningful. Um, A stands for is it attainable? R stands for is it relevant and rewarding? And then T, is it traceable with time? And then lastly, we have gratitude. Gratitude for all the little things you have, how far you've come on your journey, and for those individuals who have put in the internal work so they blossom, and you're lucky enough to smell their fragrance and be inspired by those very special individuals in your life. So when it comes to understanding our expectations and our responses to them being unfulfilled, we must start with what we can control versus what we can't. You really can't control the circumstances of your friends' lives. You can't control who your parents are. You can't control who your siblings are. And generally, you can't control a lot of things that exist in your your schooling, your occupation, and your health. For people you do allow or create space for, be intentional and purposeful. I think we like the whole concept of just ambiguousness or spontaneity and thinking, oh, friends provide gifts on our birthdays or they show up on more important occasions. And this puts us in positions where we assume and expect more rather than a system that's built. And it really is a two-way street. Like there's a lot of self Uh, work that needs to happen and on the other side it is about you know the system that you've built with that person 
Let me carry on the example. Let's say a friend gets you a fantastic gift one year. And you're just like, oh my god, she got me this. It's so nice. Ah. And then the next year, she doesn't. <laughs> Do you then question the integrity of the relationship? Do you start getting curious and insecure of something that might have gone wrong? Do you text your friend about it? It's the expectation that we create that really does affect us. This element is controllable and requires introspection. And I know what you're thinking now. Ganesh, yo man, chill. Like friends aren't that complicated. Yo, it is what it is with friends. They do something, yo, it's chills. They don't do something, it's not chill, blah, blah. And like, it doesn't need to be that serious is what I'm telling you. But honestly... Based off of my experiences, I bet there's more complaining, uncertainty, and sadness stemming from friend situations than there is certainty, contentment, and inspiration to make yourself a better person. I mean, if you have this, you are very lucky. And this also really, and not lucky, but you've done a lot of self-work to create that environment. This also really depends on your purpose in life, and we'll tackle that on another podcast. Going back, everyone is different, so it's good to just reflect on our own expectations because sometimes some of those expectations that we have can also be premature boundaries that we've just not communicated yet. In all seriousness, if you want to expend your energy wisely, use it through goal setting, growth, and gratitude as opposed to complaining a lot of the time, being uncertain about where people stand, and general sadness from comparison and loneliness. Here's the beauty though. Truth be told, even within good systems that you've established, people crumble and fall apart. And here's where I'll take a small tangent. To be neutral and content regardless of the outcome, would not only be very difficult, it would require an individual to be detached. Detached to the extent that no external condition could affect the individual's inner contentment. This state of mind is broadcasted by many religions. However, for a spiritual seeker like yourself, it can be a very tiresome and emotional process. It can be very difficult to do this. And This is not to deter you from it, but it's just to make you aware that eternal contentment isn't a walk in the park kind of process. Like it takes time and effort. And this is where we again re-enter our meditation and practice. We have to practice the following things. Number one, forgiveness and compassion for those who are suffering within themselves because Due to the uncertainty of life, one day we might crumble someday and we really do hope that there's forgiveness and compassion on the other side eventually. And then number two, there's faith on permanence, which is eternal truth and God. On the flip side, putting less faith into materialism, uh, less faith into happiness achieved from favorable outcomes, and less faith on people to fit within our ideal system, and truly deeply understanding the transience of relationships. Transience, like like people come and people go. Like, that's just how it is. Um, And number three, it's about letting go. And letting go is 
Letting go of the ideals we've created. Letting go of the comparisons we've made. Letting go of the baggage we carry, regardless of who's done what to you. Letting go of certainty. Clear communication with a true loving intention is your responsibility. The rest is up to the receiver. Just don't change your energy or your pure intentions on the basis of other people. I truly do feel that, you know, much of our dealings are quite transactional nowadays. Like we reciprocate material because it makes sense to us. Like, I don't know, you go to the Indian wedding, you'll like, oh, they gave us a hundred bucks. And then, you know, you go and then you expect them to give you a hundred bucks at your wedding or whatever. Like, it's just all so transactional and just, but how often are we in tune with our energy and reciprocate energy? Regardless of all this, letting go is applied with the following statement. And that statement is, if it works, then great. If it doesn't work, then it's absolutely fine too. It's fine. It's okay. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna live. We're going to have a good time. It's going to be fine. Um, and, but unfortunately, this is also where fear comes in. Fear is an emotion created when people... Or when someone perceives or predicts an unfavorable outcome, which is likely to cause physical or emotional pain. Fear is the what if it doesn't work out and choosing to be scared of the outcome. Here are some examples of some fears. There's fear of loneliness, fear of rejection, fear of inadequacy, fear of society's view on you, whether it's your appearance or your status. Um, there's uh, fear of judgment, fear of pain, fear of public speaking, fear of disappointing a loved one, uh, fear of being vulnerable, fear of past events, uh, fear of loss, fear of death, etc. There's a lot of fears. Whatever fear it is, prior to feeling fear, there is a subtle element here, which includes the need for control or the expectation and hope that something will work out in the ideal way. We fear the uncomfortable feeling that will arise within us if a certain situation becomes unfavorable. Now, let's take any one of those fears and replace it with the word inevitability. The inevitability of loneliness, inevitability of rejection, inadequacy, inevitability of disapproval and inevitability of disappointment. Someone's going to be disappointed, right? Like it will happen to you and that's okay. If we actively practice the techniques mentioned in this podcast, there will be less anxiety over situations we cannot control. Anxiety is a direct byproduct of the expectations we set in our life and the fear of those expectations not being met. I don't know about you, but doesn't it feel much better to have the inevitability narrative? Because in this context, you're actually in control of the narrative that it's gonna happen. And you know the uncomfortable feelings it will bring. Rather than being anxious a lot of the time about, you know, being scared that it's gonna happen. If only we could keep in mind how uncertain our future is then we would never try to predict what could go wrong. It's not easy or convenient, but again, these are windows to introspection and self-development. Fear prevents spiritual progression. 
And I'm not talking about your fear for spiders. Yo, like, no one cares. Okay, that's whatever. No one cares about your fear about spiders. It's, it's fine. Um, I'm really talking about the fear that creates anxiety, overthinking, and impedes or debilitates your ability to move forward. So analyze your fears. There's just so much uncertainty in the future. You may die of a heart attack tomorrow. A drunk driver may hit you. You may be robbed. You might get cancer. The love of your life might just leave you. But if we can take it day by day, do as much as we can in the present moment, come to terms with our past, and embrace the uncertainties of tomorrow, then we can optimize our results in terms of self-development. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. Um, You guys are amazing. Thank you for listening and thank you for giving me feedback. I really do enjoy making these podcasts and I really do look forward to speaking to you next time. Um, And as always, straight up.